Hello, and welcome to Forward Church Online. In this weekly podcast, we hope that you'll have an encounter with God through inspired teaching and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. honor my mom and dad this morning on Pastor Appreciation Day because they walked with God and um, served in hard times, tough places in states like West Virginia. I don't mean these were bad states. I'm just saying tough times. West Virginia, Kentucky, the state up north, and Ohio. I'm sorry if there's anyone here from Michigan. Um, we had a real love-hate affair with that state. They pastored there, and of course, um, being a Buckeye, um, it was holy war. I seldom went to that state. because. Okay. You, you all really don't understand. I, I sometimes giggle and laugh when I watch you guys um, with your divided T-shirts you know, I'm a house divided. We like Florida State and Florida or Miami and the Gators. And I'm thinking to myself, there is no way you all do not really understand the animosity that can really exist in college football. You would never see a Buckeye with a split shirt. Half of it would be for that team and the other for Ohio State. There is real dislike between those two schools. So um, how did I get there? Well, they pastored there. I told them I would pray for them, um, but don't expect to see me come up often um, to that state. Um, And then, of course, they finished up their ministry years in uh, Ohio, in Columbus. And um, I'm not sure if that was divine providence or it was my dad's deal, because he was definitely a a huge Buckeye fan, and that's where he kind of wanted to be, and he ended up in Columbus. Um, But this isn't about sports. I just want to honor my parents um, for over 60 years of ministry um, through incredible times, and they obeyed God. They walked with the Lord. They honored God, and because of it, I'm where I am today because of prayer. I spoke on prayer Wednesday night, and I believe that a house that is anchored in prayer is a house that will have a visitation from the Lord. And if it's a house that does not have prayer, Seldom will you really be aware of the presence of God. Next, I want to thank our community. They've put up with Robin and I since 1988. Some of you know us, and some of you are getting to know us, and I'm glad some of you didn't know us back when I was doing all the coaching. I'll never forget one time when we were up in Lake Butler. I do thank the Lord for this community. Robin will remember this particular night. It was a basketball game, and the game was going on, and I was in that moment of coaching, and so I had some things to say to referees, to players, and opposition. And one of our key families in the community was seated right behind our bench, which is always a mistake when I'm coaching. 
You don't want to sit real close. I know you're starting to think, how bad was it? Not as bad as you're thinking. How bad are you thinking? And this particular family turned and said, I don't know how he can be a pastor. He doesn't even act like he's a Christian. I mean, it was in that moment, okay? So, where was I? I want to give thanks to Levy County. I want to give thanks to Chiefland because it has been an honor to serve in the community, not only in the ministry of the gospel in a house, but the ministry of the gospel in education. God is not isolated to facilities called the local church. God owns it all. Every classroom, every school, every political arena, he owns it all. So if you're concerned about where your students are or your child is, God is still present in the schools. And he will always raise up young men, young women, or those of us that might be a little bit older, to work in that environment, to have an impact upon the lives of young people. And so I'm very thankful to Chiefland and the honor to have served um, for a long time in our community and then for all the parents that entrusted um, their student-athletes to me. Um, I know there were times when they <laughs> definitely had concerns and questions. Don't feel bad. I did too. <laughs> I just acted like it was no big deal. <clears throat> but God's been faithful. God's been good. Last, I want to thank the Lord for this ministry. Before we get into the Word, I wasn't prepped that this was going to happen this morning, but I'm always ready. The Bible says we are to be ready in season and out of season. And so I want to thank the Lord for the ministry that started as Calvary Worship Center. I'm not going to take you on a boring trip. It was exciting. There were tough times. There were difficult moments. There were times when we wondered if we had heard from the Lord. Gentlemen, I want you to know that God speaks to those special ladies in your life. Because God used Robin to remind me in 1991, when we were in transition, that we were to stay here. We had hell in the house because I was not in agreement. I'm sure you're thinking, he uses that word a lot. You understand. You know exactly what goes on in homes. I was not in agreement that we should stay here. But guess what? I'm in agreement. We're here. Okay? So, gentlemen, we don't always have to be right. We just have to walk in obedience. And, ladies, you're not always right. Oh, there's that coaching coming out in him. We loved him till he said that. It takes both husband and wife to come to a place where they are obedient to Jesus Christ. And what makes it work is obedience to Jesus Christ. So I thank the Lord for Calvary Worship Center and all those years uh, and also those that have been with us for a long time and have been faithful. You have been faithful. We are honored to be here. It's not a sideshow. It's not about who is in leadership here. It is about the visitation of the Lord Jesus Christ that he does in our lives in this house. And I'm grateful for the transition and changes that have made. And I'm also believing the changes are going to be greater in the days ahead. 
and I'm thankful to the Lord um, that he brought Bradley and Amy um, from Georgia uh, to Florida. And I am grateful to the Lord for that. Many times I have spoken on the theme of new wine and old wineskins. You won't be comfortable in this house if you love old wine and your old wineskins. God wants to put new wine in your wineskins. That means you've got to be willing to change. That means you've got to be willing to grow. That means you've got to be willing to be outside the box. That means you've got to be willing to seek God for what you don't have and what you don't know yet. We have not yet arrived. A, we're not home, and B, we're not the finished product. So therefore, we need to have people in this house who are visionary. And this morning, I want to minister from God's Word for a little bit, even to our young people this morning, on the theme of vision and what it means to have a vision. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning now, and in all honesty, um, I'm sure, Father, I could speak for both Bradley and Amy, definitely for Robin and I, um, we um, feel somewhat uncomfortable in the recognition because we know who we really are outside of the framework of the cross. We know that we are not capable, even inside the framework of the cross, without your constant touch upon our lives. And so, Father, the recognition that was given to us this morning, we return it to you and ask that you would be honored and glorified in this house. And I pray a blessing over every person who is here. Those that fully understand the blessings of the Lord and those that don't even have a clue. I pray that the blessings of the Lord would enrich your people. I pray for those that have been under severe attacks, that they would be broken. I pray in Jesus' name, those that have been sick, that they would be made whole. I pray for those that have been badgered by unforgiveness that they would be forgiven. I pray this morning for those that have been reminded of their past that they would think about tomorrow. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would do a work in every one of our lives and that you would change us from who we are to what you want us to be, from the youngest to the oldest. I pray that our eyes would catch a glimpse this morning that we can actually carry the vision of heaven to earth and then to earth to be able to accomplish your very purpose in our lives. In these moments, I've already expressed to you my great need of your touch upon my heart and my mind and my lips. I am not capable within myself, Father God, and I look to you and I ask for the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit to captivate all of our hearts in these moments and move us into a new level of seeing like we've never seen before. Open up our eyes, open up our ears, stretch our hearts, and help us to begin becoming who you created us to be. You are for us and not against us. Let that be the theme of this ministry. In Jesus' name, God's people said. Amen. Amen. We're going to be all over the place in God's Word this morning, so you're going to need your Bibles, and you're also going to need the screens so that you're able to follow along. The theme today is vision. You've already heard from, from Pastor B several weeks ago the importance of vision. You've heard that without vision, people perish. I would also say athletically, any team that doesn't have a purpose, doesn't have a vision, they're going to be on a landslide moment. 
They'll have more defeats, more setbacks than they will have victories. Vision is critical, not only in education, not only in sports, not only in business, not only in the home, but in your individual life. Every one of you should carry a vision. And the older we are, the better we should see. Wow. Wow. Oh, it's dangerous to sit under the anointing of the Lord and hear things from above and not grasp it. The older that you get, the better you should see. Not only in the natural realm, but from the spiritual realm to the natural realm. God's going to give individuals hookups in this house this morning. As we dig in this morning, I'd like to share a story, first of all, and then there's going to be some quotes that I want to pass on, and then we're going to take the word vision and break it down so that we can have an actual understanding of what it means to carry a vision. You know, it's one thing to be able to carry a football. It's another thing for you to carry the heart of God. A young man in 1935 wrote this letter to his wife. Honey, I can see some day... That if you and I make up our minds, everyone say with me this morning, I need to make up my mind. God's Spirit will never give you a vision where you vacillate. If you are in constant flux, you'll have nothing from above. You will operate on the terms of this world. If we make up our minds to work for bigger and better things, would you say with me this morning, I'm looking for bigger and better things. I'm not a small-minded person. We can someday live here in Washington, and probably we could be involved in government, politics, or service. Oh, my gosh. I hope my dream comes true. I'm going to give it a try. Will you join me? Years later, we found out that this particular person's name was Mr. Hubert Humphrey. And he actually became vice president of the United States. Now, some of you that are old enough may have already had your mind made up about that particular person. That's one of the dangers of not being able to carry a vision. When your mind is already made up, there's very little that God can do. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, the Holy Spirit is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. When your mind is already made up, there's very little that God can do for you. When you've already set the parameters on what God can do, you've limited yourself in walking with God. Dissatisfaction and discouragement are not caused by the absence of things, but the absence of vision. There are several of you here this morning that have been struggling this week being dissatisfied. There are some of you here this morning that have been discouraged. You're discouraged and dissatisfied because you carry no vision. But God is going to open up the parameters of your life this morning and He's going to give you an opportunity to see things from His perspective. When you have heaven's perspective, it will change your outlook. The very essence of leadership is that you have a vision. It's not going to be a vision... It's got to be a vision you articulate clearly and forcefully on every occasion. You can't blow an uncertain trumpet. That means it's got to have a clear clear and clear picture inwardly and also in your mind so that you can know this is the way that God is working. This is what God has called me to do, and I'm going to honor the call of God on my life. When I speak about that, I'm not talking about preaching the gospel. I'm talking about honoring what God wants you to do. 
Leadership is the capacity to translate vision into reality. I want you to know, you may not even know, that this house carries a very big vision. It is a huge vision for this tri-county area. When you have vision, it affects your attitude. Your attitude should be optimistic rather than pessimistic. I can always tell a person who has vision versus a person who has no vision. The person with vision is very optimistic. Even if they're going through hard places and things don't seem to be working out the way that they want them to, they know that the best is yet to come. This will not be on the screen. I just put it in last night. John Maxwell, who I deeply appreciate as a speaker and a motivator, he said this about vision. The journey towards your destiny always begins with vision. One of the things that this nation is not doing anymore because it wants to shape you rather than you shape the country is not talking about destiny. All these young people, all these young adults, all of us as adults, all the children, we carry destiny in our lives. But what the enemy wants to do is to bankrupt your destiny. How does he do that? By eliminating vision. The other day I called Robin as I was going towards the academy in Bronson, and I said, sweetheart, it is really thick out here. Like, you can't hardly see. The fog is very, very thick, so be careful as you're driving in towards Bronson. I get a little bit closer through the curve on uh, 27. I call her again, and I said, it's better now than what it was. I'm talking about vision. Some of you have been walking in a fog, and I'm not talking about the favor of God. I know that's a nice term. I'm talking about where you feel as if you can't see in front of you. If you will humble yourself, if you will bend your knees, if you will look heavenward, God will give you a vision way beyond where you are. Vision is the roadmap to your destiny. It's the picture of your purpose. Without it, you may find yourself off course or worse, going nowhere. Great quote by John Maxwell. Let's now dig in. If you have your Bibles, you can follow that way, or you can also direct your attention to the screen. I'm going to take the word vision, and I want you to know specifically what God's given to me to give to this house. When we talk about vision, we're talking about a voice that's involved in the vision. When we talk about vision, we're looking at Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. I want you to know a true biblical vision comes from above. It doesn't come from within. It comes from above. That means you've got to have an ear to hear. That means everybody here in this room can carry a vision. And you can be a part of this vision. But you can actually have a vision for your life. When you have a vision for your life, you don't go everywhere that everybody else goes. When you have a vision for your life and she texts you from Knoxville on your way back, you don't have to respond to that text because you have a vision. I know this is on podcast and I know the example that I'm talking about. When you carry a vision, everything you see on Facebook and everything that's out in social media doesn't move you because you have a voice that is spoken to you. I shared with all of the students the other day at the academy on the heels of what took place and really what was way out of bounds. I said to them, every time you taste success, be on guard. The next step could be failure. 
It is critical. Listen, I'm right on point talking about the letter V. I'm talking about having a voice that you listen to. The voice of God from heaven. You hear, you hear, you hear His voice. And other voices mean very little to you because you hear His voice. When you hear His voice, you don't respond to every other voice. And you're not even concerned what other people are doing or what other people are thinking. That's why there are people who carry no vision. That's why people will also get you off track because they think they have a vision, but they have no voice. And the only voice that you really need to hear is the voice of the Lord. The second verse would be in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 4. The same night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. The word of the Lord will come to you if you want it to. God will speak to you as well as he speaks to me. God will speak to you and make it so clear that you will know this is his voice. I can recognize his voice. I understand his voice. And I know how to respond to the voice of the Lord. How many would love to carry a vision for your life? See, I'm not speaking about the ministry now. It's already in place. And what's cool, there's only a few hands that went up, but that's okay. Because visionary people are different. New student enrolled the other day at the academy, and I said, so what have you learned through the situation that you've been in? He said, my mom's been telling me, stop being a follower and start being a leader. I wanted to say to him, because this was in development, I wanted to say to him, to be a leader, you need to have a vision. You've got to be able to take people, primarily yourself and others, where they've never been before. So let me make sure you understand, when I'm speaking about vision today, I'm not speaking about you considering how you can shape this ministry. The vision has already been given. Ooh, you're hardcore, Pastor. When Noah was building the ark, he got all of the information from the Father. And he didn't look for everybody else to tell him how to build it. He had already been given the script. What I'm talking about is, do you have a vision for your life? See, I wouldn't want to sit here either and come in and hear about the vision of this ministry when my life is on hold. I need to hear someone say, the voice that speaks to you can speak to me. And I'm saying to you this morning that the Lord will speak to you as well as he speaks to me. God will absolutely help you order your steps. You can hear from heaven. Let me just give you one other thought before we leave the V. And if I don't finish it this morning, we'll be back. Under the power, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But when we talk about vision, listen closely. Never allow yourself to be put on an island going, it's just me and God and the vision. You always want to make sure that you are rooted and grounded in God's word. What does that mean? That means then you begin to share with other visionary people what God's been saying to you to see if it bears witness with them. Never walk alone. If you're the only one in the huddle, don't go to the line of scrimmage. I thought I had some football people here this morning. So sorry. How dangerous to go... 
go huddle, and you begin to go to the huddle, and nobody else huddles up. And you go break, and you're the only one running up to the line of scrimmage, and you look across the line, and all the hordes of hell are facing you. You have no vision. Because a visionary person will always walk with a visionary person. You will always tap into others who have a vision, i.e. Charlie Strong. One of my co-workers reminded me where he actually got a lot of the things he's doing. And I said, I know. He was at UF. I fully understand. He has a vision. But it doesn't matter, Pastor. They got beat yesterday. His vision is in place. And nine players are no longer a part of the University of Texas. Because he established some core values. A visionary person operates with core values. If you're a visionary person and you have no foundation and you have no values, you have no vision. Well, I thought there would be a lot of hooping and hollering going like, yeah, rah, rah. I was talking to Coach Aaron as he was coming out of the... Uh, locker room on Friday night, and he was saying that they were in an incredible pep rally moment. It's great to have a pep rally, but if it doesn't transfer out onto the field of action, no need for the pep rally. This is not a pep rally. I'm not trying to get you all jacked up and fired up so you might think about a vision. I am saying to you this morning, this is an information track. Today. And the Spirit of the Lord is letting you know, the Holy Spirit of God is letting you know, the same God that speaks to me will speak to you. The same God that will sometimes use your wife to get through to you because you don't want to do something will speak to you. Can I get an amen? amen. So she probably gets to keep that gift certificate. She deserves it for all the hell she's put me through since 1991 <laughs> in obeying the voice of God. Of course, I am joking. It was the best decision we as a couple have ever made in regards to ministry. The best one, of course, is when she finally realized God put me in the assemblies of God for her. <laughs> Do you desire to carry a vision? Listen for his voice. There's a cost to hearing God's voice. It will be easier for you to look to your friends, your colleagues, your classmates, students at the university, or wherever you are in the workplace. It'll be easier for you to listen to their voices than it will be to listen to his. But if you desire to carry a vision, you're going to have to listen for his voice. How many are desiring God's voice? If you will absolutely, I'm, I'm saying to you, and many of you have already heard the testimony. We've been here since 1988, and I'm saying to you, the same God that has spoke to me will speak to you. And God will speak to others to speak to you. I.E., Brad Flagg, when he saw me one day working with the middle school athletes many years ago, he walked over from the high school to the middle school, and he said, I'm looking for a JV coach, and I've heard good things about you. Would you consider coming to the high school? Inside, there were tremors going off. 
See, some of you get a false read. Like, you know what? Sometimes he acts like he's real arrogant and cocky. But sometimes you've got to put up something that's actually not operating at the present to get where you want to go. Are you here this morning? Can you hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? And when he said that to me, it was like, you know what, Coach? I really appreciate that and thank you for the the vote of confidence. But I'm not sure that I'm ready to get to the high school level and work with JV athletes. But through his willingness to come to me, God began to speak. I talked with Robin. I talked with the head volleyball coach at that time at the high school and, and, and basically was told, what are you waiting on? God will use others to confirm in you the desires of your heart. Get moving. That was for somebody in the house. Somebody has been sitting, waiting, and you have just been told, get moving. So get started. Stop waiting. You've already had confirmation. You've heard from heaven. Get moving on that vision. Get started on what God wants you to do. The second letter is the letter I, of course. And when you begin to hear from heaven, then you've got to do something with what he gave to you. And when we talk about the letter I, we're talking about investing you in the vision. And that's where you begin to kind of giggle and laugh and go, now I know what he was talking about when he said, okay, Robin, we'll hang in here. Maybe this is where God really wants us to be. Let's roll. The moment I said I'm willing to do that into my life comes Mary Wells. And I even had Christians in other ministries tell me, you know what? I don't know. You should get hooked up with Mary Wells. I don't know. But God used Mary Wells, and I called my mother the other day and shared with her, and I said, just reflecting back on the vision of what God was doing in our lives, after I said yes, I believe that you actually have heard from heaven, I'm a little stubborn right now because I'm ready to go. Do I get a witness anywhere? I need to be probably out on the streets and back in school because they relate a lot better. Some Christians act like they're never stubborn. But you darn know you are. Hard-headed and determined to have it your way. When you're in that mode, you seldom hear from above. But when you soften your heart and change your mind, it's amazing the flow that you get from above. And when I said, okay, let's start, let's go, out of nowhere comes this principal by the name of Mary Wells. God will position you with the right people when you say, okay. God will absolutely begin to unveil what he wants you to do with your life when you're willing not just to go, oh yeah, man, I heard from heaven. Now it's time to invest. And when you start investing, you begin investing in others. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, the point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Let me pause right there. I know many, many people like to use this verse in regards to tithes and offerings. It's bigger than that. It's about you sowing yourself in the kingdom instead of the world. Have you noticed that the more you sow in the world, the less the returns are? Hello? Hello? Are you here this morning? 
But when you begin sowing in the kingdom, it is amazing how it begins to elevate and change in you who you are. And whosoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, it says, talking about investing, if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Watch this. Everybody has a heart in here this morning. And everybody has one or the other type of heart. Heart number one, it's open or it's closed. If you're closed in your heart, you may have heard his voice and you may have seen the vision, but it will never happen until you reopen your heart. There's some couples in here that God wants you to reopen your heart towards each other. You can't fire anything up here. Man, I've got angels all around me. What you doing? You can stop cussing under your breath. There are, there are individuals. <clears throat> How can you say that, Pastor? Because I'm here, but I can see the unseen realm. Why would you want to have a leader? Why would you want to follow someone who cannot see both realms? By the way, some of us will be going earlier than others. Some of you who think you're going to be here longer than us may go before us. So you might want to get familiar with the unseen realm. I'm talking about eternity. Everything that you see, everything that you're touching, everything that you can open and turn on, this is all temporal. The eternal, the eternal. Joshua, I love you. I get more football stuff. I was saying the other day, Brian Norris knows that's real. He's going, that's, that's Coach Weber right there. I'm looking forward to the day, not in the near future, but when all the devices that attract us can be laid aside in my life because they so often distract simply hearing his voice and doing what he wants you to do. We are so easily distracted. Like right now, I wonder how many of you are really on point with the message. Meaning, in order to carry a vision, I've got to hear from heaven. And then I've got to start investing myself. Listen, the easiest thing to do is to turn this into the Lord. The hardest thing to do is to turn this over to the Lord. Yeah, because see, (laughs) in the money realm, he only requests, I know you were looking for the word require, he only requests 10%, but you know what he really wants? A hundred percent of you. He wants all of you and he doesn't settle for anything less. Brian Norris, that would be the father of the young Brian, he knows that the kids who were willing to be 100% into the game, they were on the football field with us, and they were also on the basketball court with us. But if you weren't giving 100%, why would you be out on the floor? Why would you be out on the field? Why would you want to carry a vision if you will not give yourself to the vision? Somebody asked me to really bring it this morning. I'm not sure you would really want that. 
God is wanting you to invest in what he shows you. God wants you to invest in the kingdom. God wants you to invest in where he plants you. If it's forward church ministry, then invest there. That means you serve here. Carry the vision. Carrying the vision means that you know his voice. Carrying the vision means that you invest in what you have seen, in what you've heard. To truly invest means you live with an open heart. But here's what I want to say to all the young people. You cannot carry the vision of God and have a heart that's open to the world and also open to God. That's a sure form of all-out idolatry. God wants you to close it to the world and open it up to him. And the beauty of this, that I'm standing here as a senior pastor, is this. If you have never seen me anywhere but here, then you would go, he doesn't get it. This doesn't make sense because he's not where we are. But young people, I'm in the schools just like you are every day. I coached for many years And I have found out if I'm open in the kingdom, I can be closed to this world and I can still be successful, even in the eyes of those who don't want to follow God. I'm inviting you this morning, young people and parents and young children that are in the other room, begin opening up your heart to God. Open up your heart to God. Why are you so easily prone to open up your heart to other people who are going to sabotage your life and you close your heart towards God? There are people in this room right now with closed hearts and God is saying, open them back up. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Open up your heart. Mm. Open up your heart. Open it up. Open it up. Well, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Can you sometimes tell those that are open and closed? Hello. Hello. Am I going to point you out? No. Am I going to bother you? No. Am I going to pray for you? Most definitely. Because I know how miserable that is. There's some miserable people here this morning with yourself. And God's trying to give you a vision. God's trying to show you your purpose. God's trying to unveil to you your destiny. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm in my 50s or I'm just a teenager or I've already retired. Step outside the framework of your mind and move in the spirit. You'll be amazed at what God... And God can fix broken things. Josh is probably going, I don't know where to follow him. He, that's not in the notes, Dad. Some of the best things that you will hear will not be in the notes. Let's touch on the letter S, and I think I'm going to stop after the S, because I think God wants to do some things in here. I'm going to say the word vision. You tell me what the letter V stands for. Ready? Vision. Wow. Wow. There are too many of us, both secularly and spiritually, that we're like E.F. Hutton. We're always piping down when other people are talking. Why don't we do that when he's talking? Mm. had a student come up to me the other day and they were crying and they were real upset and, and I left 
them go ahead and air out, get it all out, get it all out, get it all out. I said, are you done? Yes, sir, I'm done. I said, all of this could have been resolved if you'd have done a very simple thing. I love to read this book, I said to the student. And I can't tell you the title of the book, but this is a cool book that I like to read. And the book says that I am to lead a quiet life and mind my own business. And the student looked at me with daggers. Because the word is sharper than a two-edged sword. That's a scripture verse, ladies and gentlemen. Why did you bring that out right now? Are you bouncing all over the place? Oh, no, not at all, my friend. We have people that are not leading a quiet life, but they want to hear from God. What do you think he is? Some kind of person on the strip joint? He's God Almighty. You need to wait upon the Lord and go, you know what, I want to hear, I want to hear your voice. He might say to you, then why don't you start shutting off other voices? And then the latter part, mind your own business, that's also in Scripture. It's all in that same verse. The reason there's a vision for this house is because it hasn't been easy. And some people have read it the wrong way. Ah, Robin and I have endeavored to lead a quiet life in this community and to mind our own business. Yeah, that's pretty boring to me, man. Dude, I don't like that. Like, man, I'm in everybody's business, dude. Like, I'm all over the place, man. Like, I love drama, man. Like, I stir it up, dude. Well, if you stir it up as a teenager, you're hell-bent when you become an adult. It won't get better. It'll get worse. And I'm speaking to young people right now. It is time for many of you to begin learning how to lead a quiet life. I didn't say a boring life. I didn't say no fun in your life, but a quiet life so you can hear God, so your destiny is not wrecked. And then, mind your own business. Did you hear? Did you... Let's look at sacrifice real quick and then we're going to stop for this morning. Wow. The last thing I prayed before Adam asked us to come to the front, I said, please empower me. Please touch my lips, touch my mind, touch my heart so that it will be relevant to where people are this morning. Man, God is all over this house. God is trying to tell all of us there's a destiny, there's a purpose for your life. There's, I have a plan, don't wreck it. Build it just like Noah did. I'm, I'm doing a review. Repetition, repetition is a great form of education. Once I give you the plans and you have the skill set, just listen for my voice. I'll show you how to shape your life. I'll lead you in the right way. I'll bring the right people into your life. You'll help, you'll help me accomplish my purpose. I'll help you accomplish your plan and purpose. And I'll bring into your life the right man, the, my, the right lady. Will you trust me this morning? Stop closing your heart to me. Open up your heart to me. Stop getting in everybody's business and learn to lead a quiet life. That would be a great place to really say praise the Lord. Come on, church. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. And we're done in just a few moments, and I'll come back next week, the Lord willing. 
I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Oh, I'm so ready to die for the Lord. Oh, boy. I'll put my life on the line anytime. He doesn't want that. He wants you to be a living sacrifice. He wants you to put your life on the line for him every day at school, in athletic arenas, in your business world, in your home, in repairing marriages. This weekend coming up is going to be all about that. Oh, God can't do that. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's too hard. Oh, man. Mr. Weber, can you get me out of this course? It's too hard. Stop whining. Stop crying. Grow up. I'm talking to children and teenagers right now. No, we won't take you out of that class. And it's too bad that you don't like that teacher. Just wait. There's going to be a lot more. And God on purpose will bring teachers into your life that make you puke until you learn to deal with it. And they won't all be classroom managers. They'll be business executives. It is your reasonable... Holy Spirit of God. It is my reasonable service to be sacrificial towards God and towards others. One of my philosophies... In ministry, and that also includes school, is that family first. Family first here, family first in our school. Had a call from one of my colleagues at the school, and they said, here's the situation. Can I be off on Monday? I said, no, no problem, no question. Well, how are you going to cover that? I said, we'll take care of it. Well, I, what are you talking about? You've got to be willing to sacrifice things about you for the benefit of others. It's your reasonable service. And then the last verse, oh, you maybe were wondering, what's the S stand for? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. See, this is how we break down those who go, oh, pastor, oh, pastor, Mr. Weber, coach, I got a vision. I got, shh, let me watch. I'll tell you what you got. Because while you're saying, I heard from heaven, I'm going to be watching your investment. And I'm going to be watching how sacrificial you are when it hurts. Hello? Hello? I remember that old song, it hurts so good. Problem is, I can't sing like my son, so I won't try that. Aren't you glad? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How can I tell a visionary person? Because even when they're going through the hard places of life, they absolutely, they absolutely know how to give thanks to the Lord. They just continue to give thanks to the Lord. That's why we are where we are this morning in this ministry is because in the foundation of this house, there's a spirit of thanksgiving. We know how to sacrificially give thanks to the Lord even when the battle's raging. Even when things aren't lining up just like we thought they were going to line up. <coughs> it's okay because the battle belongs to the Lord and what he's looking for 
is a sacrifice of praise. Can I praise him in the midst of the storm? Can I give him praise when things aren't going the way that I want them to go? Am I capable of doing what is reasonable and offering my life to him day in and day out? Am I capable of investing even when there's no returns coming? Can I still honor the vision? And then above all, will I be quiet enough and mind my own business so that when heaven is speaking, I'm listening. Heaven is speaking all over this nation. While the enemy is trying to destroy futures and destiny in the lives of young people and adults and marriages, God is crying out from the throne room, hear my voice. Hearken to my voice. Heed my voice. Listen to my voice. I can reshape this. I can redo this. Let me be the potter. Remain the clay. Let me put you back up on the potter's wheel. I'll reshape this. You'll come out better than you've ever been before. I carry a vision and want to give it to you. That's the cry of the Father's heart. Give Him praise in this place. The author of life has a vision for you this morning. The author of death is looking for destruction in your life. But I want you to know this morning, the direction that God wants this house to go is the song that we opened up in worship. And you know what? When we start singing that, moving forward, that's how we're going to close the service when we're all done. We're going to go back and we're going to sing that again. I want you to know this morning that God will make things new in your life. God can restore things that are broken. God can repair. God can fix. You can be on a losing streak and today you could turn it around. Starting today you can turn it around. Starting today you can turn it around. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning. I want you to understand as I was ministering on vision, it had nothing to do with the direction of this ministry because we're moving forward and the vision has already been set by the Father. It wasn't about you buying into the vision of this house because you didn't hear anything about that. What you heard this morning were the following things. God's voice wants to be very clear in your life. What you heard this morning was, it's time for some of you that have already heard from heaven to start investing. But you also heard he's not interested in 10% of you. He's interested in 100% of you. Investing had nothing to do with finances this morning. Investing had everything with you being like Jesus was at the cross. And the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Some of us who have already heard his voice and know his voice and have a vision for our lives that can impact others, it's time for us to give ourselves to others. This message this morning was about those who have heads bound and eyes closed. That it's time for each and every one of us to become sacrificial in the giving of ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of the Lord is here this morning to assist us in laying down our wills. Because where there is a will that has been submitted and surrendered to Jesus Christ, out of that comes a spirit of thanksgiving, and that is the highest praise. The highest praise isn't, let's see if I can be the biggest giver financially. He's not impressed. What impresses God is when that will that has been so stubborn, that will that has been so defiant, that will that was determined to have their own way is now on the potter's wheel. And there's a sacrifice of praise coming from a broken life. Vision, I see vision rippling all through this auditorium this morning. Some of you right now are hearing God's voice, even capable of tuning out my voice so you can listen closely to His voice. Some of you are now ready to start investing in the kingdom. Some of us as parents, hmm, we've not been investing in our children and our loved ones the way that we should. But today, that's going to change. And there are some of us this morning that absolutely have seen the picture and I can see it in my mind's eye. Many of us going back to the potter's house. Allowing the potter to put us the clay back up on the wheel. And though he begins to shape us and things are beginning to change and things are dropping off that should have dropped off many, many years ago, we can begin having a sacrifice of praise. God is releasing vision in this house on the level of his voice, on the level of our investing in him and others, and then sacrificially giving of ourselves to the needs of others and even in the midst of pain and suffering and difficulty there still is the sacrifice of praise let's wait upon the Lord for a moment Pastor, I'm here and I'm broken. I'm shipwrecked. I have no vision. It's been a long time since I've heard his voice. I hear all other voices, but my father's voice. I want to hear his voice. If that's you, I'd like for you to stand. Pastor, I'm here this morning. Spirit of God, I'm here. I carry your voice. I hear so clearly your voice. 
But I've been so reluctant to invest. I know how to save. I know how to bank. I know how to set in order. But I made no investments in your kingdom. But Spirit of God, I have heard your voice. I know your voice. I'm ready to make investments in the kingdom. If you want me here and you want me to serve in this house, I'm all in. A hundred percent. If that's you, would you like to stand this morning? Pastor, Holy Spirit, I've heard clearly from you. I'm seated in your presence right now and my head is bowed and my eyes are closed. Sacrifice has been something that I used to do. But I've become hard and bitter and indifferent to the gospel. I can hear it, but it doesn't faze me anymore. I've lost my sacrifice of praise. I don't know where it went and how it went, the way that it went, but I desperately need to have that sacrifice of praise again where I can give thanks unto the Lord. In everything, give thanks. Oh, pastor, that used to be one of my favorite verses. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. I see it now, Holy Spirit. I've allowed my will to be unconquered. But today I lay my will down because I want to carry the sacrifice of thanksgiving. If that's you, I invite you to stand. Well, those were the three areas that the Holy Spirit brought to my attention. Yes, that would be His voice speaking to me. But maybe you're here this morning. And ladies and gentlemen, I've not even opened up my eyes. So I do not know who's standing and who's not. See, that's the thing that has kept Robin and Dennis anchored since 1988. If we were to have gone by our eye gate, we would have been gone a long time ago. But God has taught us through the years, just forget what you see and know what you know because you have seen me. But if you're here this morning and there's something else pressing on your heart that God is bringing to your attention, I'm going to invite you to stand. That would be four categories, four compartments that God is speaking about this morning. His voice, investment, and sacrifice. No, the sacrifice of praise. And then if there is something else that God has spoken to you about. I'm going to tarry for just a moment. For that one individual or several individuals that it feels as if it's almost like a a struggle to stand. I can only tell you this from personal experience and then pastoral observation. If there's not a yielding now, it will become much more difficult later. I invite you 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, break the chains and stand to your feet and simply say yes to the vision of God for your life. This message was not about forward church ministers. And as we tarry for just a moment, no, there's no more to the altar call. No, I don't drag those out. The Spirit of the Lord showed me this week there will be a dual vision in this house, meaning the vision that God gave to this ministry long before any of you even were in the picture. And then many of you that God will now begin giving visions for your life. You're actually going to be used by God to help develop vision in other people. I'm going to open my eyes now in just a moment. And those that are standing, I'm going to ask that in a moment that you're going to walk to the front where I am. And there's going to be an incredible impartation released by God to you. On the count of three, move from where you are to the front. One, two, three. Vision. Make room for people. Vision. It was many, many years ago at a place called Beulah Beach. It was an old tabernacle that God first showed me something about vision. And I did the very same thing that many of you have done. I simply got out from where I was seated in that old tabernacle on the shores of Lake Erie. And you could look out the tabernacle, open windows, and you could see Lake Erie. And I walked to the front and I said, I want to be a man that carries vision. As we get ready to pray, that's, that's really cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. That is so cool. That is crazy cool. Let me share this with you because this is not about the ministry here. It's about the ministry in you. Be very open to what God says to you. The vision will be bigger than the capacity you have right now. It's going to be much bigger for your life. So embrace Him and let Him, thank you Holy Spirit, embrace Him and let Him develop the the vision. You guys good? After our prayer, then Bradley's going to come back with Robin and we're going to close out singing that opening song forward. Because how, let's let's drop all the titles to my name. Let's just, Hey, Dennis, tell me, how do you know a person has vision? How do you know? You've got a lot of years. How how do you recognize a person with vision? Tell me, Dennis, not as a pastor, not as a coach, not as an administrator. Just tell me as a person to a person. They're always moving forward. A person with vision always moves forward. That's how you'll know. You're around a vision. Let's pray. 
Thanks, Father. Here we stand. Or maybe kneeling. You've done the work in our hearts today. There could be cries down deep in the very heart of many of us going, I already see it. I know it. Just when? Soon. Very soon. Let me give you something to see this morning as we uh, move to the finish line. I recognized my dad as I started the message this morning. As all good parents with children, we don't always see eye to eye. I didn't always see eye to eye with my dad. But let me tell you what my dad said to me that I'll never forget. Son, stay the course. What? What are you talking about? Some of you already have a vision. What you're going to have to be willing to do is stay the course. You're going to have to stay the course until you see God do exactly what he showed you. Don't shake and don't take flight. Stay the course. And in due season, you will see. You will see. How can you say that? Because I know him and I trust him. I'm inviting you as visionary people. Remember how far we went this morning. His voice, investing, sacrifice. Stay the course. Let's pray. That's it, Father. We love you. We're members of your family. We're standing because there is a desire inside of us to carry a vision. We don't just want to be the run of the mill. Here we are in your presence, bowing before you, determined to hear your voice, determined to make an investment to what we've heard. And Father, I thank you. We are willing to stay the course. We offer up a thanksgiving this morning. And as we sing with brothers and sisters that we're moving forward, I absolutely declare and decree in this house, you make all things new. I believe that. Thanks for listening to this edition of Forward Church Online. We hope this has been a blessing in your life and that you'll share this and other great resources with your friends. We want to invite you to explore our webpage at www.myforwardchurch.org. There, you'll find online giving, church events, and so much more. Be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter as there's always something happening around Forward Church If you're ever in our area, we'd like to extend an invitation to come be a part of one of our live worship experiences. Thanks again for listening to the Forward Church online podcast. Have a great week.